0: I'm Shannon. I'm Emma, and welcome to this podcast. Doesn't exist. Yay! I felt the urge to clap, but that wouldn't have sounded good. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm gonna count that as random singing, though. Yay! Do I need to change it in in key? Just riff. Yay! <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> did that take you back to middle school choir? <laughs> if it did. As it did for me, you theoretically could cross off childhood story or experience on the new and improved bingo card. Yay, Shannon updated our bingo card, and I'm really excited. Shout out to our fans for giving me some recommendations. <laughs> you know who you are. Our, our, our very nice, friendly fans. <laughs> <laughs> the fans friendly fans that i basically said all i want for christmas is for you to listen to my podcast and they did they followed they did they really did so shout out to you friends please play along shout out to those of you that have been playing along and sharing it on your instagram and tagging us at this podcast doesn't exist we will reshare it on our story and give you a shout out thank you so much yes and i really love being able to see everyone's accomplishments of bingo well done, Jesse. You you made bingo very, yes, very brilliant. multiple times. I yeah, believe. actually. <laughs> but even if you don't make bingo, hopefully you have a fun time keeping an ear out for all the little quirks that we like to throw <laughs> into the podcast. We should probably add mouth sounds to the bingo. Code. No, thank you. I don't do it on purpose. No, neither do I. I just it just edit happens. them out. <laughs> Everybody has a mouth and it makes sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It happens to it, It's so funny listening back to these. And just, I'm glad you think it's funny because I'm sure I would hate it. Well, there are reasons that I edit because <laughs> you'd be like, "No, it's so gross. I hate it. Get rid of it." <laughs> no, thank you. I do get rid of all the mouth sounds though, so I appreciate it, and I'm yeah. sure our listeners do too. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. They're abundant. If you have feelings about the mouth sounds, either in favor or against, DM us or send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. (laughs) All right. On on a variety of topics. (laughs) What are we we getting into today? All right, Emma. Yeah? I have a a query for you. A (laughs) riddle, perhaps. Uh oh I'm not really sure. A question. Okay. What do dinosaurs, Midwestern sorority girls, babies and Nazi Germany all have in common. Holy crap, man. <laughs> the look on Emma's face is really lovely and perplexed right now. Hazing? <laughs> Do babies? Babies haze each other. They haze their parents. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. The answer is Amber. How, do you ask? Because you still look is confused. It, it, is it the mineral, or not the mineral, the like type of it, like. I'll get there. I broke it down. Whatever, I broke down I the know. joke. Because okay, that's, I'm sorry. I'm so excited, though. It's who I am as a person. I'm so confused, but I'm so, so excited. So number one, dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. do, 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 no, do. Amber. Not copyright. <laughs> no, it's less than 30 seconds and it's probably off key. Amber plays a part in the... Uh, classic film franchise, Jurassic Park. Also, it was a book first, but most people know it yeah. from a movie. Second, Midwestern Sorority Girls. Oh my god, Amber. Oh my... <laughs> I, just, I feel like Amber is a Midwestern Sorority Girl name. But it's spelled with a Y. I mean, I... Shout out to all of the Ambers with a Y out there for just holding it together. How would that even... Amber, but it's instead of an E-R, it's a Y-R. Oh. Oh. We're going to move right on past that. Okay. Number three, Babies. People think that amber makes for a soothing, like, teething aid, like an amber necklace, but there's actually not a lot of research about that. Yeah, but crystals, you know. Uh, Yeah. We should definitely do an episode on, like, mom science. Like, essential oils and stuff. Yes. Just saying. Get into MLMs. Girl. Get excited, people.
1: (laughs) And opinions.
0: (laughs) finally, number four, Nazi Germany. (laughs) This is where it threw me. Brings us to the topic of today's episode. (laughs) That wasn't it! <laughs> the legendary and mysterious Amber Room. I am... Guys, I am so confused. <laughs> I, first of all, have never heard of this before. Wait a second. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Because in my notes, I made a note to say to you that I know you've already seen the episode of Expedition, Expedition Unknown on this... Because you got super, like, kind of fake mad, but kind of real mad at Steven? Because he watched ahead on Expedition uh, d- Unknown without you? But it may not be an episode I've seen. He's seen all of them. I haven't seen all of them. So but I that's thought you guys got went mad. back and watched it. No, I if if we have, I have no recollection of this. Oh, it's like season one, episode four, I think. I watched it last night. And I logged in, because I have access to your Hulu, because best friends be best friends. Amen. Um, But I logged in and I went, oh no. All of these episodes on Expedition Unknown have been watched. I was going to know all all about it. They've all been watched by Steven. I have seen maybe like the first... Two episodes of Expedition Unknown and then maybe a couple others in other seasons because we didn't necessarily watch it in order. Oh, and the one you used was like a an offshoot series, wasn't it? Yeah. Of like artifacts. Or oh, whatever. that's ghost adventures, oh. but yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. Well, that makes me even more excited because so you don't know what's happening. But Steven does. So, babe, when you're listening to this while you work out, get excited. <laughs> get excited that you know stuff. Alright. So. First of all, on a basic level, what is amber? In addition to being the name of probably several Midwestern sorority girls, it is a naturally occurring substance that forms when tree sap is fossilized. Okay, so not a mineral, it's tree sap. I could not get that through my brain it's okay. when I was trying to it's explain it. treated as like a semi-precious stone, but mm-hmm. it's not really a stone. Yeah. Um, so this formally liquid material can trap other matter within it whether it's you know plant life or insect life that may not even be around today depending when in time they were frozen in the amber so that you know you can take a bug that maybe bit a dinosaur and now you can start your super super safe theme park idea (laughs) just we're gonna just breeze right on past that <laughs> to allow children to see very dangerous dinosaurs. You know, I only recently watched Jurassic Park. I watched them in college with an ex of mine because I had never seen them, yeah. and they were shooketh that yeah. I had not seen them. Yeah, I, I at the beginning of the of the Great Quar, which is what one of my no, <laughs> <I hate laughs> one of it. my one of my podcasts. That's what, how they describe this. Uh, quarantine um, but like it sounds very... like something out of a YA dystopian novel yeah but the, the great... great core <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, as I was saying at the beginning of all of this Stephen and I made a list of all of the movies that we needed to see in Jurassic Park was one of them and that was like my first choice because I was like wanting to watch this I just yeah. had never had the time it's a horror movie yeah it definitely is but it's good that and Jumanji are, like, Jumanji, they, they the, messed me up when they I was They use kid. the f- horror movie format. Yeah. Anyway. um, Sorry. No, Did you're me fine. I not to derail you. It's okay. I just got excited about Jurassic Park. That's okay. I haven't seen any of the new ones. No, neither have I. And I kind of don't want to. I'm going to ask. I think we can agree that out of the Hollywood Chris's, Chris Pratt is the lowest denominator. My dad calls him Chris Pratt. I am aware of that. Yeah, yeah I know. I know you. Know, we love it but pun. I need another. We should have know. put puns on the bingo card next time we update. If you have things that you want on the bingo card, please write in. Seriously, we always need more ideas. Alrighty, uh, Amber, the substance in classic uh, cultures, both in the West and in the East, uh, it was seen as medicinal as well as beautiful. One of the sources said that Amber is supposed to, quote-unquote, mend the mind. Ooh. Um, So that's a little thing. And a fun fact that I learned about it was that you harvest it not by digging in the ground, but on shorelines because it actually floats. (gasps) So you'll, like, go out in in the water and scoop it up. Oh, that's cool. Or, like, it washes up on shore. So, that's a little bit about the substance of amber, and now we're going to get into the topic, the true topic of today's episode, which is the Amber Room, which is a majestic and beautiful room that was constructed primarily out of amber, gold, and precious gems, and it was thought to be the eighth wonder of the world. Ooh. Yeah. It is also... The most expensive art theft <gasps> in recorded human history. It's been sto- it's a whole room and it's been stolen? Mm-hmm. Where is it? Okay, never mind. Sorry, sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to talk about the creation and the early history. Okay. I'm so excited. So, construction first started on the Amber Room in 1701. Oh, that makes sense to me. In Berlin, Germany. Oh. It was- uh, originally going to be at the Charlottenburg Palace, which was the home of Frederick I, the first king of Prussia. Prussia with a P. It's going to get a little confusing if you don't pay attention to those things. I will work on my enunciation. Pay attention to your plosives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was conceived at the urging of his wife, Sophie Charlotte. And she thought that he should commission a work that was so grand That people would want to travel to visit Prussia for years and years to come. And the palace was also renamed in her honor following her death in 1705. Which I just love. Like, your wife passes away, you're sad, you rename a palace after her. (laughs) Charlottenburg Palace. We love it. So the original concept and design of the Amber Room was created by the German Baroque sculptor and architect... Andreas Schluter. Okay. And this just reminds me of one of my favorite nerdy jokes. Oh, no. Which is from Walt Disney's animated classic, Beauty and the Beast. Oh. When Cogsworth is giving her a tour of the palace, and he says, if, <laughs> if it's not Baroque, don't fix it. <laughs> and I just really, the art history minor in me really appreciates that. Uh that's so cute. Yeah, I completely forgot and, about and that. And jokes that kids will not understand. Oh, Disney's perfect. They, they're I so love that. good at that. They're so good at that. Yes. But moving right along, uh, the actual construction of the room was supervised by Gottfried Wolfram, who was the master craftsman to the Danish court of King Frederick VI of Denmark. So he was a very well renowned craftsman. And then uh, between Schluter and Wolfram, they kind of had the f- the first stage of design and construction. But then amber is a very specific material. Yeah. So they had to consult and kind of turn the work over to these two amber masters, Ernst Schacht and Gottfried Turau, which were and both of them are from Poland. Okay. Yes. So we're working mostly in... East Prussia, yes, Prussia, Germany, Poland. Uh, so, the Amber Room actually was never properly installed at the original location, at the Charlottenburg Palace. It was actually installed at the Berlin City Palace by the son of uh, Sophie Charlotte and Frederick the I. In 1717, Peter the Great of Russia... So admired the room on a visit that Frederick William I, son of the original Frederick I, gave it to him, slash gave it to Russia as a gift to formalize an alliance against Sweden. (laughs) You know, those super intense and scary Swedes. I mean, they are tall. I just love that, that these two superpowers are like, let us unite together. Against. Against Sweden. Sweden. (laughs) So, the Amber Room was shipped over to Russia in pieces and installed in the Winter House in St. Petersburg as a part of of a European art collection. Okay. Great. We love it. Uh, In 1755, however, Tsarina Elizabeth Petrovna... Ordered the room be moved to the Catherine Palace, which was the summer palace for the Imperial family. And in parentheses, in my notes, I just said, Gorge. <laughs> like I'm a <laughs> sister something, the drag queens. Back. Gorge. Gorge. I meant to include a photo and I forgot. But go look it up. It is a stunning building from the outside. And the inside. Most of those Imperial, it's so, it's just the complete... Another tangent. Yeah. Steven and I, the other night, watched Anastasia. Oh ah, so good. Which was one of my very favorite movies when I was a kid, to the mm-hmm. point where, because my, my mom is a crunchy, crunchy bear and muffin, which is what I used to call her, <laughs> that she's just, it, she's very much into, like, the health food stuff. Yeah. Still is. I wasn't allowed to have fast food when I was a kid, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. And Anastasia, when it came out, had, Burger King had all of the Anastasia toys yeah. in their kids meals. And I begged my mother to go to Burger King. And she did. We went and we got, I got a Happy Meal or whatever it is at Burger King. Yeah. Like a kid's meal at Burger King. And I was, I was so hoping that I would get like, Anastasia because they were just like little dolls. They right. weren't anything special. It was like Anastasia or Dimitri, like those are the ones that I wanted, or even like Puka, the dog. <laughs> I ended up with Bartok, and I hated Bartok at that point because I was like, no, he's mean. Like he's working with Aww. the mean guy. Because I'm like maybe six at this yeah. point. And now Bartok is like my favorite my character. Nike cursor. In the I ha and, and, yeah. and, and, and Nike cursor. <laughs> The entire time we were watching this movie, I was just quoting Bartok because <laughs> he's quality. Well, had Steven seen this movie before? Oh, yeah, but ages ago. Oh, see, I was surprised because, you know. Yeah. Well, because now it's on <laughs> Disney+. Plus. Oh, yes. it was. She now joins the family. Yes, she now she's a Disney princess. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But Iconic. It, that, that goes along with, to circle back, the fact that the palaces that are in Russia are so opulent mm-hmm. and so intricate in their design and beautiful. But, of course, in Anastasia, in, like, the whole Russian Revolution portion of it, <laughs> this palace is, like, in disarray. And I'm like, yeah. are these palaces still around? And Stephen looked it up and was like, oh, yeah, they're still there. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, in my head, I'm like, the history nerd in me is like, no, please don't destroy. Very so true. So pretty. Please do not destroy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're moving the Amber Room to the Catherine Palace, which is garch. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Sorry, interrupting again. What does this, what's in it? It's a series, the walls are composed of this amber. Oh, And there are okay. carvings and, and paintings and you'll see a photo okay. shortly. Okay, okay, I'm yes. sorry. I just, I got confused because I was like, so are they moving, like, furniture with this? Like, what, what is happening? We'll get there. We'll okay, get there. Okay, okay, So the Italian designer, and bear with me with this pronunciation, <clears throat> Bartolomeo Francesco Rastrelli. Well done. Thank you. Redesigned the Amber Room to match its new, more grand, more spacious home. So they actually had additional amber shipped from Berlin Ooh. because... They wanted to cover more space. Okay. It took an additional 10 years to fully construct the Amber Room in Russia. After these renovations were happening, these 18th century renovations and additions, the room covered more than 55 square meters, which is 590 square feet, and contained over 6 tons, 13,000 pounds, of amber. 13,000 pounds? Which is approximately the weight... Of eight average non-chocolate milk cows. (laughs) Please enjoy that throwback to a previous episode on your bingo card. You're welcome. That's so funny, though. How did you find out that it was the weight of a cow? Uh, Eight cows. No, I know. but It was in a video that I watched. Oh! I was like, wow, you're really deep diving into your No, they they provided me that information, which I appreciate because I can more easily conceive of, okay, eight cows, how heavy that would be, versus if you just say six tons, I'm like, okay, that sounds heavy, but that's just a number. I don't know. Yeah. So the Amber Room was used as a private meditation room for Tsarina Elizabeth, a trophy room, as well as a meeting, gathering space for guests. Okay. It's essentially their show-off room. Oh, absolutely. Like... Why wouldn't you? you if there were couches, your grandma would have put plastic on the couches because it's the fancy <laughs> it's room. It's a fancy room. Right? So, in addition to the enormous amount of just amber that was used, there were also precious jewels, gold leaf, and various intricate amber carvings of, like, angels or plant life as well as lots of mirrors and candlesticks. Mm. So the whole idea was to have this illusion of this glowing golden room. Sounds, very opulent. Sounds beautiful. So modern day estimates of the original room's worth range from 142 million, which was the estimation in 2007, to over 500 million dollars in 2016. Dang. And, jumped. The, and then my notes say, woo, yay, big, fancy, golden room. <laughs> but because <laughs> because the original room was completed and, and photography was developed uh, and these two things coincided in the early 1900s, there are basically no color photos of the room. Oh. But here's a black and white photo. Okay, this makes much more sense to me now as... Yes, uh, but unquote, so everything you see on the walls
1: is, is like made a of amber. amber.
0: Yes, and you can view this photo, listeners. You can view it on our Instagram at this podcast doesn't exist. And one of the sources that I was reading, it was very interesting uh, that throughout the years to kind of protect the material, they would put a lacquer on it, which would cause oh. the amber to darken. So like certain areas would would darken more than others, so it was this very, like, multi faceted shade of gold. Kind of like calico, almost. Yeah. Like, it's not like you were just taking a goldenrod Crayola and just, it wasn't all one color. Now we're going to move into World War II. Okay. Fast forward to 1941. Got there. Great. Oh my gosh, I didn't buckle in. Huh? You fool. (laughs) Silent buckle. (laughs) Oh. Oh. A visual bit <laughs> yes one that doesn't necessarily work but it's fine we're rolling with still it still doing it but you're not rolling with the car because you have buckled, buckled in it. I don't know well done don't know what That's this no, metaphor is no. doing I, I but that means it. you are rolling with the car because you're no but I am not rolling within within the car okay. I'm all rolling right. you, get to the car you get it you get it all right so the year is 1941 <laughs> Adolf <laughs> Hitler initiates Operation Barbarossa which sends 3 million German troops across Europe towards Russia which is now known as the Soviet Union in 1941. Yes. It could be considered I will say a tiny tiny favor to the history of the world that Hitler himself was an artist because who knows how many priceless pieces of art would have just been destroyed if he didn't If he didn't give a frick or a frack about art. But because he himself was an artist, he commissioned his soldiers, his troops, to loot and rescue, quote-unquote, artwork as they went, which was meant to eventually fill up Hitler's Führer Museum in Linz, Austria. However, like pieces that were deemed unimportant because of the artist's heritage were burned, destroyed, trashed. So we did lose some... Thanks. Yeah. All right. Time for a slight nerdy detour or two.
1: I was <laughs> so excited. I was
0: very excited about, well, especially because I thought you already knew all of this about the Amber Room. So I was like, oh, but she probably doesn't know about these things. So I can, like, spice it up a little bit. But you don't know anything. I don't know anything. Which means you can just be excited with me. I'm so excited. Okay. I'm already excited. So, during World War II, okay. there was a section of the Allied Forces called the Monuments, Fine Arts, and Archives Section. Mm-hmm. And they were responsible for saving and relocating many priceless works of art that were in danger of falling into Nazi possession or had already been taken by the Nazis. There's a book and a movie titled The Monuments Men.
1: Yes! About okay, this. okay, okay.
0: So, obviously, the movie is, like, a somewhat fictionalized yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. Starring George Clooney. It is a fascinating... I've also listen to the audiobook of the actual historical book. Of course, of course book. you have. It's just, I do better with history books when it's audio because I can't read nonfiction before I go to sleep because I get tired. That's fair. Because it's a lot of names and dates and locations and That's fair. everything. But I think it's so fascinating because I feel like art and culture and the preservation of those things are not something that people would necessarily consider when they think about war. Oh, absolutely not. Right? Like, not at all. Uh, here's a fun little photo um, from the Smithsonian archives um, of several of the Monuments Men wrapping up a Michelangelo uh, sculpture of the Madonna and Child for transport after they found it. I believe they found it in a mine. But they Hitler and the Nazis were also storing a lot of art in Neuschwanstein Castle, okay. um, the one that Disney-based... His castle on? Yeah. That's Neuschwanstein. Um, the Cinderella castle, right? Or Sleeping Beauty's. The original one? I think it's Sleeping Beauty. Yes, maybe. I'm not know. a Disney adult, so I don't know. Neither okay. am I. <laughs> Please correct us in the, the DMs. Okay, <laughs> Then I said detour within a detour. Okay. <laughs> During high school, I spent two summers working under the conservation team at the U.S. Army Heritage and Education Center, yes, also you known did. as... A heck, which is so funny. Um, but one of the coolest projects that I remember from my first summer there, which was more hands-on, the second summer was more like filing paperwork and, Data and boring stuff. stuff. Yeah. But one of the coolest projects was creating these little teaching kits of archival materials uh, to share with soldiers who were going to be deployed over to Iraq and Afghanistan. Aww. Fun fact that you may not know, um, the plastic that comes wrapped around DVDs and CDs. Remember back when we all used to buy those? We'd yep. go to FYE or Best Buy or whatever and be like, Oh my gosh, FYE, you just brought back my entire sophomore year of high school. You're welcome. But that plastic is archival level plastic. Whoa, really? Which I guess makes sense because Yeah. You don't know how long that, you know, Celine Dion CD has been sitting in in FYE or like the back section of barnes and noble huh. and you don't want it to go bad i don't know <laughs> well it probably has more to do with like humidity warping and yeah. all that so that's a fun thing but there was actually a huge problem during the quote-unquote war on terror um with americans looting cultural artifacts from the middle east yeah. but i digress that's a whole other situation but it was really cool to like teach soldiers about how to do conservation or, like, protect... That's incredible. Protect art. There's an article in the show notes from the Smithsonian that's all about the the Monuments Men, so I highly recommend you check that out if you want an abridged version. Also, watch the movie and or read the book if you want the nitty-gritty details, because super cool. It's definitely a movie that my dad and brother love. Yes. I feel like... Possibly the Christmas that I spent with your family, I gave your dad this book for Christmas. Because I was like... You probably did. I feel like this is a Dr. Kylie kind of thing. Oh, yeah. No. I'm, I'm pretty sure DK read it. Cool. And then my second nerdy detour that's also related to art when it comes to World War II was that there was a battalion whose sole mission was to impersonate other allied troops to deceive the Nazis. The 23rd Headquarters Special Troops were an elite force whose specialty was quote, tactical deception, unquote. <laughs> they were also referred to as the Ghost Battalion. Ooh. So these Talk men, about a name. These men were recruited from art schools, ad agencies, theater, etc. So they were recruited specifically for their creative abilities. They still had to go through basic training, I believe, if oh, I'm recalling, yeah, I'm sure they do. But have to. here's a quote from the Atlantic, which is also listed in the show notes: "The Ghost Army, some 1,100 men in all, ended up staging more than 20 battlefield deceptions between 1944 and 1945, starting in Normandy two weeks after D-Day and ending in the Rhine River Valley. So they used a variety of tactics to throw off the Axis powers, including." Inflatable tanks. Oh, I remember hearing about this. False, I love that. False insignias. So they would paint yeah. the, the division colors or, or whatever on their trucks or wear patches from different regiments. Um, they would create carefully crafted soundscapes of radio calls or artillery. And they would blast them from speakers across the front lines so that the Nazis would hear them. And I just love that uh here's a little photo of an inflatable tank i love it so much because it looks now it looks so well and silly but from the air but from the air from the distance definitely you would that think real. that it was real and then also here is their like battalion division it's their patch <laughs> it's <a little> ghost. <gasps> oh i love him which is so great um Again, like I yes. we don't have time to go super in depth, but I love this little art moment. And if you want to learn more, uh the podcast stuff you missed in history class has yes. a whole episode about it. That's where I first learned about it. And right. they're they're an awesome podcast and very very good at the research. Yes, and they're pretty short and sweet. Yeah. Alrighty, now back to the amber room. Alright. We're back. So Operation Barbarossa is happening. Mm -hmm. Knowing that the German forces are on their way, Soviet curators attempted to remove the Amber Room from the palace for safekeeping. Unfortunately, this wasn't possible because after years of display, the Amber itself had become kind of dried out, and so it was very brittle (gasps) and would have been very difficult to remove it safely. So, they're kind of tasked with Do we attempt to remove it, to protect it, and maybe we destroy it by doing that, or do we kind of hope that we can camouflage it and the Nazis won't notice? They went with option two, Mm -hmm. so they put up really boring, ugly wallpaper. And a giant inflatable tank in the middle. (laughs) No. No. Okay, boring, ugly wallpaper. Yes. And unfortunately, this didn't really work. (laughs) (laughs) According to one source, it maybe worked for like three days. But then the Nazi soldiers knifed through the wallpaper and found the Amber Room underneath. Well, I'm sure that they had heard that it was there. So they were looking specifically for it. Yes, when you have the eighth wonder of the world. Oh, absolutely. You kind of, you you know, you can't be like, oh, no, not here at the National Archives. We don't have a Declaration of Independence. What's that? Like, we, yeah, you can't. So it took six lower-level soldiers and one superior Nazi officer 36 hours to dismantle the room with the aid of two art specialists. That's so interesting to me. Because when you think about, like, Nazi soldiers pillaging it because they're stealing, an, like, a, an entire room, mm-hmm. but they're trying to do it safely, that's so that's definitely something that you don't think about. Well, and that's where I'm, like not giving him any cookie crumbs of praise, but Hitler was an artist. So he was concerned So he had at least an appreciation. I mean, it was all about collecting so he could show off and show how superior he was, but at least he wanted to do that so we still have all this stuff. Um, Sources vary on the number of crates slash boxes that it took to transport the Amber Room. It ranges between 18 and 27. Okay. A lot. Yes. Uh, So the Amber Room was then transported via rail to Königsberg, Germany, which is present-day Kaliningrad. And the room was reinstalled in Königsberg's Castle Museum on the Baltic Coast. I'm going to take a small detour to complain. Oh, no. That in every video I watched, people were saying, Königsberg, it has an umlaut. Königsberg. It's not that hard. <laughs> I took a couple years of German, but I wasn't very good, so. But you also lived there. Regardless, I, I regardless, lived on the base. <laughs> regardless of the fact that you lived on base, I'm sure there was something in that of. I guess. You. I would like to think that this episode, of all my mispronunciations, will be the least wrong. So far, I think you're doing great. Thank you it's better than my ancient latin or whatever which i should have known because i studied latin for five yeah, you years let and me, i was just like you let me stumble through the whole time no it wasn't but i had no answers for you because i true. was like well i don't i don't remember any of this so yeah, it's fine i'm trying my best but yes. uh so fun fact this mm-hmm. region uh, which is now known as kaliningrad is also russia Even though it's not connected to Russia. Like, if you look on the map, you have to go through, you have to bypass, like, Lithuania, Estonia, and then there's just this little chunk that is attached to the Baltic Sea that is technically Russia, which I did not know until I was doing this research. Wait, so they, it's like a piece of Germany that is a part of Russia? No, it's not Germany, it's Russia. Okay. Okay. So it's 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 like Lithuania or, like, it's, it's its own little space. Yes. Its own little bordered country-ish. Yes. I had no clue. I d- I assume it has something to do with wanting access to the Baltic Sea. Oh, I'm sure. But I really struggled through AP European history. Uh, Mr. Erb was a very dry lecturer in his first period sophomore year, so. Oof. I don't recall, if you're a history buff. Write in and let us know. Yeah. Um, alrighty. So then in 1941, a local newspaper in Königsberg reported that the Amber Room would be on exhibition in the castle. So we at least know it was reassembled there to be seen by Nazi officials and their families. Nazis. Nazis. In late 1943, however, the end of the war is coming eventually. Mm -hmm. So, Nazi officials deconstruct the Amber Room once again for its protection and safekeeping. Which brings us to... Conspiracy! (gasps) I ran out of breath somehow. It's okay. (laughs) You have a weird diaphragm. I do, I do. As you asked me earlier, Emma, Mm -hmm. what happened to the famous Amber Room? Did I ask that? Well, you asked... Is it still around Uh, or something like that? Where is it? Where is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good question. So the most basic explanation of where this relatively fragile art piece, this massive art piece, ended up is that it simply didn't survive the bombings of Königsberg that occurred first by the RAF Mm -hmm. and then by the advancing Soviets themselves. So the Soviets were coming back to Königsberg. They were taking back their land and they burned part of the castle, all this stuff. In 2004, British investigative journalists Catherine Scott-Clark and Adrian Levy Levi, mm? You'd think I would have looked up that easy name to pronounce. <laughs> concluded that the Amber Room was destroyed sometime between April 9th and 11th, 1944, during the end of the Battle of Königsberg. Okay. At the time... Soviet investigative team lead, Alexander Brusov, agreed that that is the most likely thing that happened. That it was likely that the Amber Room was destroyed during the bombing of the city. Okay. We'll come back to him, though. Oh. Don't remember. Don't Don't remember? remember. (laughs) No. Do remember. Don't forget. Don't forget. Alexander. Some people questioned this idea that it was destroyed in the bombings and the the burning of the palace because no odd smells were reported at the time. Meaning, like, no odd smells from bombs? No. Apparently, amber, when it's burnt or melted, it has a sort of incense kind of smell, and there were six tons of it. So, multiple sources mention this, too, that if it had all burnt at once, there would have been a distinct smell to it.
1: Which okay. I found
0: very interesting. Huh. Many people believe that large portions, if not all, of the Amber Room survived the bombing of the city. And that actually it was the Soviets themselves that ended up destroying it. Some think it was potentially a mistake. Maybe they didn't know that the Amber Room was still in the castle when they were burning it. Okay, if that yeah. were the case, the Soviets would want to save face. They don't want to admit that they destroyed their own priceless art piece. Some people claim, however, that the Soviets did it on purpose. So that they could use it as a Cold War propaganda tool against Germany. So it's oh. much easier to point to fingers to say they are our enemy. They destroyed this beautiful thing kind of situation. Oh. So Alexander Brussoff, Hamilton, our buddy... no, Sorry. Nope. Anytime I hear the name Alexander, it just, it becomes rhythm. <laughs> Alexander <Bruce-off. laughs> Uh So that Soviet investigative lead later recanted his belief that the Soviets had accidentally destroyed the room. So remember he after his initial investigation claimed... It's either that it was destroyed in the bombing and or when the Soviets attacked the castle. Okay. He later recants this belief, likely under pressure from the Soviet government. Oh? Because, remember, they are trying to save face. Oh. So if it was like, oh, a bunch of rowdy Soviet soldiers really had fun burning down this palace and destroyed our magic room, then they would want to save face about it. So, to preserve this story, that it was not the Soviets, access to the ruins of the castle, which had been allowed after World War II, were suddenly restricted to everybody, including historical and archaeological surveys. So, we went from open-door policy, everyone can check out the semi-ruins of the Königsberg Castle to, it's locked down, nobody is allowed. Ooh. The Soviets were like, no, no. Even more suspiciously, in 1968, Soviet Premier Leonid Brezhnev (laughs) ordered the destruction of Königsberg Castle. Oh? Which made any further investigation of the final confirmed location of the Amber Room impossible. Because he essentially, he took ground zero and he leveled it. No. Here is a lovely uh, photograph, lithograph, I'm not quite sure the technical term, circa 1890, 1900, of what the Königsberg Castle looked like before it was bombed and before it was destroyed. It's very beautiful. That is gorgeous. And now it's no longer there. And I didn't include it in my notes because we have a lot to cover anyway, but... Uh, if you look up the House of the Soviets, it is the building that now currently stands at that location, and it has the designation, according to the episode of Expedition Unknown that I watched, it has the designation as the ugliest building ever constructed. <gasps> it's truly disgusting. Is it like a, a Cold War construction, like, just concrete and gray? Yes, but it's a very odd shape. Do you know... um, I don't know what the name of the video game is. I think Space Invaders with the little aliens that are like Yeah. They're also an emoji. Yeah. It looks sort of like that in that it has very weird angles and stuff. Hold on. I should have just included it in my notes, but I thought, oh, it's too much art history. Ah wow, man, bring it. It's just it it looks like it has a face. If you <laughs> if you look at the the it looks like it has a face. Oh, Right? Oh, I do not like that at all. Yeah. And then you're going to hate it even more because, okay, they knocked down the castle for, I think, suspicious reasons. It sounds like it. They built this ugly building. Yes. But then they had to stop construction in the 80s because the structure was literally sinking into the ground. <gasps> so now it's just abandoned. And the the episode of Expedition Unknown that I watched, he actually goes in because there's this idea um, that there are hidden tunnels. Oh. And bunkers, we, we love a hidden tunnel. Yes. we love a hidden bunker. So he goes in down to the basement, and he doesn't find anything. Spoiler well, alert! Of course, don't you? Okay, have you had you seen Expedition Unknown at all before this? No. Do you not love this man? His name is Josh. He is wonderful, and I just fully appreciate how excited he is about everything that he looks into. I love that he has a degree in archaeology too. So he's not yeah. just some dude. Like, going around. Yeah. Um, So, there's also a Channel 4 documentary investigation into this idea of bunker tunnel systems underneath Kaliningrad. I linked a YouTube video in the show notes. It's a short little clip uh, from the broader documentary. The Channel 4 BBC website did not provide me with the full episode. So, maybe it's not there anymore. I don't know. Or maybe I simply can't get to it with my American YouTube no, she just can't. We have friends in England. We should just make them do it. Boop, 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 boop. All right. So here's a brief rundown of some other options as to where
1: the Amber yeah. Room
0: could end up. Theories abound, both close to home and across the globe. Partly slash majorly because Nazi Germany didn't exactly keep a lot of paperwork <laughs> on their stolen art pieces. Nope. Truly, not not at all, and you really get a sense of that from the Monuments Men, yeah. even just the movie. Like literally, they were sticking art in castles, in estates, sure, but also like down in silver mines, well, salt I mean, the, mines. The mine that they found Madonna and Child in is like that's insane to me. And oh, it's if you read the article from the Smithsonian about the Monuments Men they pull quotes from one of the men's uh, journal and the way he describes it he's like so-and-so and and I we pushed on down the corridor and then simply there this one painting was it's like the Ghenta altarpiece it's like and there it was and like the Madonna's face just shining in the lamplight and it's like I wanted to cry I'm a nerd. Yes. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, I'm sure had that had that been your mission, you probably would have cried too. Oh my gosh, yes. Can I've you been believe? Nerding out the entire time. Okay, but literally it's like that moment in National Treasure where they go down and then they open the secret yes. door and they light the thing and the whole room lights up, except it's real, Emma. Yes. It's real paintings that they saved from Nazis. Yeah. I would say it feels like a movie. I but mean, it they, is. They turned it into a movie, but then that actually happened. It's wild. I think we've just realized that your your life goal is to be <laughs> to be National Treasure of the movie. To have National minus, Treasure the movie. Minus the people shooting at me and going to prison. And maybe minus Nicolas Cage. But and definitely have his sidekick. Riley. Riley. I love that. I love I him love, so much. I love him so much. He was my biggest, like, real person crush when I was in high school. <laughs> oh, the, I don't know who didn't love him. We, we watched the the National Treasure movie on the bus on the way to DC for our that's such a good our teacher eighth move. grade field trip. That's such a good teacher move. Ooh, we love him. And the girl in that too is awesome. Oh, she's, she's like she's wonderful. Right? I'm a genius and I don't take your BS. Nicolas Cage, and then she falls in love with Nicolas Cage, which, like, bold move, live your best life. Bold move. Don't they get divorced in the second movie? Yeah, but then they kind of fall back in love. Anyway. I don't know. Weird flex, man. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That quote took me back. All right. So, the Amber Room files of the Stasi, which are the former East German secret police, are... Up to 180,000 pages. Whoa. So the Germans are fascinated with finding the Amber Room. The Soviet Union is obsessed with finding it. Your average treasure hunters are obsessed. Like, Nicholas Cage's character, I'm sure, would love to... Maybe they'll make a third movie. <gasps> Wouldn't that be iconic? All right, Disney, call us. What's up? <laughs> My favorite of these uh, theories is a ship called the MV Wilhelm Gustloff Gustloff yes uh, and there are reports of crates being loaded on board the ship when it was docked in Danzig Poland on January 30th 1945 so that would mean that the amber room survived the bombings mm-hmm. in April 1944 and was secretly transported somehow some way to be put on this boat this boat was part of Operation Hannibal, Ugh. which was really the Uncomfortable name. GTFO of the Nazis. Their last <laughs> ditch effort. The war the end was nigh, and yeah. they were trying to get out of dodge. You, you were gonna say yeet. I was. <laughs> I watched I watched your mouth go. Yeah. <laughs> I have been sufficiently called out. <laughs> So in addition to the regular crew of this ship, uh, which was originally designed as like a a leisure cruise ship, but like many vessels, it was commissioned during, uh, or recommissioned during wartime. So in addition to the regular crew, you had refugees, military personnel, as well as Nazi officials and their families were all on board. There were a total of 10,582 passengers and crew on the ship. Jeez. And the ship was designed to carry under 2,000 people. Whoa! But desperate times, desperate measures, right? I mean, sure, but then it's so heavy. Well, uh, due to overcapacity and the humidity aboard the ship, uh, many uncomfortable passengers neglected to wear their life jackets. Oh, no. Shortly after departing, the ship was torpedoed by a Soviet submarine, causing it to sink. No. 9,400 people died, (gasps) which makes it the largest loss of life in a single ship sinking in history. Oh my gosh. How did I not know about this? We hear all about the Titanic and the Lusitania. What the heck? 9,000 people? Yes. And that is exactly the reaction I had when I read the novel, Salt to the Sea. You should all check it out if you like historical fiction, shipwreck situations, just really emotional books. Because I had never heard of it, and I was a kid. I had many morbid fascinations as a kid. As we all do. Shipwrecks being one of them, and I had never heard of this. This is insane to me. You gotta read the book. I do. It's a YA novel, so it's a short read. But I recommend it to everybody. Give me cheese. Yes. we could, Perhaps we can get into that at another time. But this loss of life, as well as the circumstances of how the ship was sunk, classify the Gustav as a war grave. Oh. Which means that nobody can access it for further exploration. Ooh, so who no did sun- that? Germany? No, no, no. But like... Once you discover like scuba di- rogue scuba divers and yeah, people yeah, will yeah. go down, but nobody has officially. It's I I don't know Is who's it, by. I don't know if it's like a world council situation. Maybe it depends on whether or not it's an in international waters or I, not. I, but it, yeah, no, sorry, it's in sorry. the Baltic Sea. Okay, but because it's classified as a war grave, that means nobody can explore it. Yeah, scientists or treasure hunters. Ugh. So. Uh, That would be a great ending to the National Treasure movie. International Treasure. I want to high-five you The Eighth World Wonder. International Treasure. The Eighth World Wonder. Subtitle. You have to subtitle everything because you have to assume everything has a sequel Uh, or a prequel or a trequel. A treacle. (laughs) A treacle. (laughs) Amber. Oh. Is that a... Treacle. Like, like... Oh, I was. Zap. Oh, see, I was thinking of the treacle. <laughs> There's so many different ways. I was thinking of the dessert from like the Great British Bake Off too. A yeah. treacle. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had treacle. I don't think. Either. Isn't it just kind of like a stacked? That's trifle. Oh, I treacle's like molasses, molassesy custardy stuff. We digress. Paramental? I don't know. We digress. Anyway, Tom, can you tell us please? If you listen to this, <laughs> you probably don't. <laughs> sending this to you. I mean, did Lucas listen to the Elvis episode? Did the individual call out work? I have no clue. All right, we'll follow up. We can yell at him. This episode, we're not going to insert the follow up, so DM us if you want to know. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, read that book. Okay. It's I'm amazing. It. I want them to make it into a movie. It would be an inc- it's also it would that be book. Better than that book does feature a subplot related to the Amber Room <gasps> I won't spoil Okay, but it is related it's I'm not just so me excited talking now yes highly recommend alright so that's my favorite But and when I was typing my notes Emma and I were both finishing up our notes earlier today and I just sat there clapping my hands and I got very excited and Emma just kind of looked at me and I was like I'm very excited there's just a lot of stuff I love there's stuff that you love and I was referring to shipwrecks as the stuff I love I don't know exactly what I was referring to for you. Mystery Just, in general. No, we haven't gotten to that part yet. Guys, <laughs> you should have seen this woman's face. <laughs> As if I didn't write my own notes you all. It turned into the scream an art history heavy episode. <laughs> I think we're discovering that I just like nerdy historical mysteries and you like creepy unsolved crimes and ghosts. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Which means... I love hearing about <laughs> the, the historical stuff because it fascinates me. You're gonna learn today. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Alright. All right. Uh, I'm so excited for so what I like. <laughs> girl, just wait. Okay. <laughs> Um, so other possible locations of the amber room are various mines throughout Germany and the surrounding region. Yeah, as we discussed earlier, I got a- ahead of myself in my notes apparently, but the Nazis did actually use mines to yeah. hide so it would make sense. Stolen art, see the monuments, Ben. Yeah, Expedition Discovery explores one such mine in depth in the town Deutsch Neudorf, which, first of all. LOL, because that literally means German small village. Or new village. German new village. Deutsch, German. Neu, new, Dorf, village. So when he was talking on the screen, I just had to pause and laugh. Because the Germans just stick words together to make other words, and I love them for it. Uh compound words. The longest honestly... German word is like 95 letters long. I know, long. it's insane. My favorite German word... I'm probably the only one that I can say. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess what it is? I really can't. Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude! Yes. It you is. get singing and you get a musical, you guys. If you don't know what musical that is, don't listen to it around your children, please. Moving on. So, in Deutsch Neudorf... There was a secret door found behind a wall in a factory that led down to a mine system. Oh, no. Dude. And this mine, I learned all of this from Expedition uh, Unknown. unknown. Why did I write Expedition Discovery? It's on the Discovery Channel. Like, Discovery Travel Channel stuff. I watched it on Hulu, for anyone that wants to check it out. But... In there, they showed the very, like, primitive tools, the little hammer and... Chisel? Uh, Yes. That they used to carve out this system. And they went and could progress six meters a year, (gasps) which is 18 feet. That's like nothing! So that mine system is like 500 years of work, which is just wild. That's not really related to the Amber Room specifically, but I just... Humans, man! I would get so I would have I would have quit after like maybe 2 days. I would have been like, "No." Nah. I don't think either of us would have made it in medieval times. Oh, no, dude. I would have I would have died real quick. Well, I mean, I was diabetic real young. Yeah, so you would, would have, have you added. would have died immediately after being born. Well, close to being born. I probably would have died in childbirth or something horrific. Yeah, probably. Oh, actually, I would have too. I came out with my leg over my shoulder. Oh. Sorry, mom. Yeah. Anyway, so there's this whole system of mines, and some of the reinforcement barriers, like that are holding the walls up and a- apart. Yeah, are so old. There's like trunks of trees. Oh my Gosh. So it's very like they're working slowly through to like safely reinforce the mines so they can further explore it. I will say the host of this show, Josh, Josh. Gates, he gives me major Bill from Mamma Mia vibes. Oh, The, like, yeah. Swedish travel writer yeah. possible dad. <laughs> I I just, I love him. I just love the excitement and the genuine, like, curiosity. It's great. It's great. If you haven't seen the show, just watch it. I will say that part of the episode uh, was a whole lot of nope because it's very <laughs> claustrophobic. And then at one point they're, like, exploring a new section and it potentially starts collapsing, and he's literally like, go, move, move. And it's, like, him, his camera guy, and this, like, sweet little German man that was, like, leading them through. They all get out okay. Spoilers. Well, and Josh Gates is so tall. Like, he's a big oh, dude. Yeah. So, like, him and this tiny little mine system must have been. I was like, nope. And that's why I could never be Nicolas Cage, because I'm like, ooh, spiderwebs. Ooh, claustrophobia. You know who you, you know ooh, who you dead would, people. You know who you would be, though? Is yeah. You would be, like, is it NCIS or is it? Criminal, it's Criminal Minds, the gal in Criminal Criminal Minds who's like the like all the computers and the research oh, and all that. Penelope Garcia. You, yes, you would you would definitely be like, all right, I'm half this, but I'm also half like badass on the on the actual Earth surface. Anything that gets me above or below that, no, thank no. you, <laughs> no can do. That's the thing. I love shipwrecks. I find them fascinating. Going underwater, no, could not no. go in the tiny submarine no. with James Cameron. Could not. No. But I'm so glad he did, because Titanic's amazing. Emma wouldn't know, because she refuses to watch it. I just, it's Uh, not that I refuse to watch it. I have seen it. But I saw it as a kid. And so it traumatized me. mm. So now, that trauma is just imbued in my brain, and so I can't get it out. I can't. As a child, seeing Kate Winslet, like, fully naked, as a a little kid, I was like, oh my god! No, my mom, like, I had to have permission from my mom to watch Titanic for the first time. I think I was, like, 13 or 14. Oh, I was at a friend's house when I was, like, 11. You popped in the two VHS tapes? Yep. Iconic. Anyway, other possible locations of the Amber Room. (gasps) A sunken, uh, that it sunk in a Lithuanian lagoon. What? How did it get there? Apparently, the Nazis were trying to, like, stash stuff on the shoreline, not realizing that the water levels would rise. There was not a whole okay. lot, but it was listed. Okay. It was on the list. All right. yeah. um, and then one of the quotes was from a curator in Russia. And he thinks it's all a bunch of, Bunk. of... Yeah, that it's all fake and silly. And he's like, my favorite ridiculous one is that it was put in a submarine that had only enough fuel and oxygen to reach a certain level and then it would purposely sink. But then the coordinates of that submarine have been lost. So it's just like in the ocean somewhere. And the Nazis who were supposed to go get it died, or or whatever. That's my that's my favorite ridiculous I just, one I just too. love that's that so he's good. like, this is my life's work. But yes, I have a favorite dumb see conspiracy thing. But that's thing. what I appreciate. Like, you don't have to believe in the conspiracy in order to enjoy the bizarre or storytelling, the stupidity, or the the storytelling aspects of it, because it is just, uh, it's so fascinating to think about that. It's a it's a, a thought experiment yes to think about it in that way yes so emma yes you might think all right this was back in the 1940s this was long ago we'll never know people have just given up it's a mystery i feel like that's not true it can't be true (laughs) so possible locations of the amber room have been discussed as recently as october 2020 what really yes So in September of 2020, the wreckage of the SS Karlsruhe, another thing that everyone was mispronouncing on the videos, a German steamship was discovered north of the Polish seaside town of Ustka. (laughs) Ustka? I like that you're you're getting so mad at everyone for mispronouncing German words and then you're getting so concerned about the Polish words that you're potentially mispronouncing. Ustka. And this ship was discovered at a depth of 290 feet, or 88 meters. So, flashback in time, on April 12th, 1945, the Karlsruhe became the last ship to leave Königsberg as part of Operation Hannibal, which was the last ditch effort to evacuate both people and Nazi treasures at the end of the war. Here's another thing that happened when I was doing my notes with Emma. I started laughing. Emma wanted me to explain what was funny. I couldn't tell her because I didn't want to give away that Nazis were involved. I had originally written a last-ditch effort to evacuate both people and Nazis. Because apparently <laughs> Nazis aren't people. Which, we can get into a moral <laughs> debate offline. But I just, that it was made funny. you giggle. Yes. So the Karlsruhe left with more than 1,000 refugees and 360 tons of cargo on board. The ship headed west, but was sunk by Soviet warplanes the following day. Whoa. Yeah. So the Karlsruhe, this ship, would have been the Nazis' last possible option to get the Amber Room out of Königsberg if it was still there. Okay. Because this was the last ship that left. So on the modern-day wreckage of the ship... Military vehicles as well as cargo crates are partially visible, but nothing definitively points to a positive ID on the Amber Room. But there's still this possibility. Uh, decisions regarding further exploration efforts beyond the current video and photography uh, dives rest with the mainland authorities of Poland, uh, or in Poland, but. It's a developing case. Here's a photo from the shipwreck that I don't know. It looks promising. There are crates. Wow. Uh, who knows? I t- I love a shipwreck. I know you do so much. I know you do. It's just it's it's creepy and it's fascinating and I love it so much. Um, I don't love that people died. Obviously, that's no. Sad. But it, the mystery of it and the ability to discover is and then it's just frozen in time. All right. <laughs> Your face—you've had some of the best faces this episode, and I really wish everyone could see them. We should start streaming. Uh, Get a YouTube, cha- but then no, we have, to- have to put on nice clothes. I was going to say we have to put on real pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the final theory, okay. Emma, of where the Amber Room could be, is that it never left Russia in the first place. <gasps> Ooh, I like this. Some claim that Stalin had the original amber room replaced with a replica which was then stolen by the unwitting Nazi Germany people okay and that the true location of the amber room was lost to time so it's still lost but in theory it never came to Germany in the first place it would be interesting though like how much work would it take in order to make a replica that would weigh the same amount and how how far in advance would you have to start working? Yeah, and enough to fool because they had those two art experts with them, so it's not just a bunch of like, ooh, well, you know, I little wonder, low level Nazi yeah, guys. Yeah, but I wonder how on on the on the level those art experts were, whether they were like a part of the Nazi party or if they were maybe like told to do this and had to do this to, like, save themselves or, like, well where where does that fit in all of that? I don't by know. By the time the the Amber Room made it to the Königsberg Castle Museum, the director of that art museum was a Nazi official. And, oh, okay. And he himself was an Amber, like, aficionado. He studied okay. it. He was fascinated by it. So, it I feel like that fact makes it unlikely oh. that they could have... Fooled him. fooled him with, because what would you replace? You wouldn't replace the real amber room with, with more amber, genuine amber, right? Like that wouldn't make sense unless you were just like, oh, we'll duplicate it. They can have or that. Like, one and well, maybe like half of it was able to be like re- replicated with amber, but then where would you have gotten it, and how would you have been able to get exactly. it? Secret. Especially, that makes me so upset. Especially I would love when that the, to be real. especially when the original amber came from Berlin. I mean, you could get amber other places too, but you wouldn't be going to Berlin to get it yeah. during the middle of in order to the beginning of World War II. from taking it and... Yes. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Well, that's... But isn't that just a yeah. fun little possibility? I would love that to be real. Yes. Maybe it's somewhere Maybe it in Siberia right now. Who knows? It's very cold there. Several pieces of the Amber Room have resurfaced over time. So in 1997, a German sting operation, which... I love that the article that I looked at referred to them as German art detectives because I love that that's a job that exists. Oh, yeah. Which makes sense. I just love that that exists. Um, so, a sting operation in Bremen, you know, those Bremen town musicians. Do you remember it? Did you ever hear that story as a child? No. Oh, it's like this little folklore story of, like, there's a donkey and a dog and a rooster and, like, they, have, they all have to, like, sing together. Anyway. Never mind. You I... have to remember, regardless of the fact that you grew up on base in Germany, <laughs> you did live in Germany. Axel so. Ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch. Es tut mir leid. So. Sie. <laughs> da. <laughs> the only Russian I can speak. All right. So, this sting operation in Bremen in 1997 turns up one of the Amber Room's Four jeweled Florentine mosaic panels. Ooh. Yes. So this mosaic was returned to Russia, and the piece had been passed down to a relative of a, by then, unfortunately, deceased German soldier who had helped with the packing up of the Amber Room. Oh, so maybe he stole it? That would be implied, because I feel like Hitler would be mad if, if you, you fa- yeah. took that from him. Wow. That's, um, that's some bravery there. I mean, at this point also, though, the end of the war was coming. So, so it was maybe like, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to cut ties. and Yeah. yeah. Um, the family claimed to not have any idea of, like, the origin or, like, the true meaning of it. They were like, uh, yeah, Granddad had this, and now we're trying to sell it because yeah. it looks fancy. Also, around that time, an amber room cabinet is how they described it surfaced, but uh, apparently, circumstances showed that these seem to be have stolen at different times. Okay, so it's not so like, maybe like it's it not wasn't like a part of the amber room necessarily. Or? No, no, that it was, but not that this cabinet person and the mosaic person were part of the same unit. For example. oh, I see. Oh, okay. So maybe they were, one was packing it up and one was unpacking it or like some. How do you steal a whole cabinet? Well, and I don't know what they really meant by cabinet. Because there's no photos of it. Yeah. But anyway, pieces of it have surfaced, which imply that it survived the bombing. Hmm. Because that was the prevailing theory from the British investigative journalists. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the one that makes the most sense, right? You bomb a castle, yeah. you'll destroy a, a fragile piece of art there. Yeah. But anyway, and now for the part that Emma will appreciate. And another thing that made me laugh that I couldn't explain to you before. But last night when I was finishing the outline for my notes, I wrote, in all caps, CURSE TIME, BABY! I'm so excited! And so actually, I had heard about the Amber Room through um, that novel, Salt of the Sea, as well as I think they might mention it in the Monuments then but I had most recently read about it in the Cursed Objects book. That you gifted us for Christmas? Yes. So, and I had completely forgotten about the curse, though, until I got to this one article that was describing it. So, certain people surrounding the Amber Room have not had the best time. (laughs) The Königsberg Castle Museum director, the Amber aficionado that I mentioned earlier. Vignati? Yes. Alfred Rodith, and his wife, died of typhus the day after being interrogated by the KGB about the whereabouts of the Amber Room. It's interesting to note that the couple opted to remain in Königsberg, even though it was in the process of being attacked and destroyed. But perhaps they posit that Rhoda had become obsessed He'd spent the last two years as the museum director. He would just, apparently, according to to reports, he would just go and, like, sit in the room and, like, stare at it and, like, be mesmerized by it. So perhaps he didn't want to leave because he knew where the Amber Room was hidden. But he died, and his wife died of typhus, the day after the KGB interrogated them. When the KGB went to examine the couple's bodies, they had disappeared. Oh. And the doctor who signed their death certificate also vanished. Oh? Are we sure they died? I don't know. But that's all the information I have. Oh. They're not invited to Tupac's Beach if they're alive. No, no, no. I mean, they probably wouldn't be alive. Yeah, they're probably dead by now, but... I like that we've labeled it Tupac's Beach. I'm very he, excited he by it. You know, that kind of makes me happy that all of the potential missing people on the earth are just hanging out with Tupac. <laughs> with Tupac, the song cloud rapper. Po- they're just populating a gigantic beach in the middle of nowhere. In the Pernambra Charingá. <laughs> Which is not in Ireland. I'm sorry. We've got to get there eventually. Oh okay. So another person who faced an untimely end, General Gusev... Mm -hmm. A Russian intelligence officer died in a car crash right after he collaborated with a journalist to talk about the Amber Room. Whoa. So he was serving as a source for this journalist, and he died in a car crash. Mm -hmm. Is it the curse of the Amber Room? Is it the KGB? You decide. (laughs) Amber Room hunter and former German soldier Georg Stein... Was found murdered in 1987 in a Bavarian forest. Whoa! So a little more info on this. Okay. First of all, in an article, he was described, which I think is the cutest, as quote, a strawberry farmer and an avid treasure hunter. Unquote. Oh. He claimed to have discovered a secret radio frequency and to have listened to the last known communication regarding the transport of the Amber Room. Because oh, he was a former German yeah. soldier. So in 1987, he arranges to meet a, quote, search competitor. So I don't know if it was kind of like, like a treasure hunter. Competitor. hey, we have been competing, but let's combine forces and I'll go have these with you. Yeah. A la National Treasure. Aaron Eckhart? Is that who, it, who the I bad guy is in that movie? Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, not the point. This is not a National Treasure podcast. <laughs> as much as I wish it was. No, just kidding. Haley, can we have that on a mug, please? <laughs> Put it on the merch. <laughs> what are we putting on the merch? This is not a National Treasure podcast. All right. Great. We love it. Um, so he agreed to meet this search competitor in the Bavarian woods. Shout out to Bavaria. That's where I grew up. Just saying. Sorry about these woods. Um, Instead of meeting this competitor, or perhaps after meeting this competitor, he was found dead in the woods. Some people claimed it was suicide. Oh. One, you don't have to drive out into the woods to do that. And two, his body was found stripped and his stomach slashed open with a scalpel. Ew. Why would you do that to yourself? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the death was ruled a suicide. (gasps) No! Yeah. And that's all the information I have about that. So those are some instances of potentially an Amber Room curse. Or the KGB trying to cover up their... The fact that the Soviets are at fault for destroying it in the first place. Just saying. Alrighty. In 1979... To revive some national pride and spirit, uh, the Soviet government decides that they are going to create a reconstruction of the Amber Room. Okay. Because why not? we don't know where it is, so we might as well remake it. Okay. Which, which right. I admire the, the gumption. Mm-hmm. Over 40 Russian and German craftsmen worked together to recreate the majesty of the famous Amber Room. It took 24 years Whoa. to complete the recreation, and the costs uh, of this reconstruction are estimated to be around 11 million dollars. Jeez! And uh, they studied old black and white photos of the original Amber Room, like the one I showed you before, and even had some of the photos colorized, which I'm going to show Emma an example, and you can see it on the oh, Instagram. That's beautiful. So they used those as reference photos and also it took them so long because amber artistry is is not as prevalent as yeah, it was not, in the 1700s. Yeah, not really something that happens. So they now. really had to find some specialized people, a little bit like my job. Yes. Here's a photo of some detail work from the recreation. And I think this will really help like flush out what you've been Maybe struggling to imagine this whole time, but you have walls of amber, jeez, and candelabras and candles and mirrors. You know it would be wonderful. So hmm. just have a small ball in that room. Yeah. Drop the Bridgerton musical soundtrack, please. That's yeah, that's beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? But you see, like all the different colors. Yeah, the variations. And one of the things that all the like I mentioned earlier, they would on the original Amber Room put a lacquer on it because yeah. right it was finally came to the Summer Palace in 1755, and it was taken in 1941. so yeah. so it, so was it there had for been forever. up for a while. So they had in it, and the article um, mentioned that some older people uh, came to visit the reconstruction and found. It to not be what matched their memories, like they had Aww. seen the amber room when it the was original. still standing, yeah. Um, and the that's when the curator was like, "Well, actually, this is probably the closest estimation to we have we have to what it would have looked like when it was first assembled, rather than with the lacquer, that rather than when it. you saw it on a school field trip in 1937 or whatever yeah. you were in the palace, um, because it would have been much darker and like glossed over." Um, the original would have been. Brighter. Yes. Huh. And then finally, I have here, we're going to end on this note. Um, well, we'll wrap it up. But the last of my notes is that there is a single, according to the research, which I did my best, guys, there is a single pre-war image of the original Amber Room uh, that's in color. <gasps> and it's from 1917. And I'm just going to let you check it out. Oh, I see what they mean about darker. Oh, so beautiful. Honestly, looking both at the detail image that I just showed you and this one, it just makes me feel like you're living in a palace made out of those little butterscotch candies that your grandma carries around. You know? Like, it's an. (laughs) this should be the new added stop on Candyland. If they do, like, a remix of Candyland. Forget licorice woods or whatever what it was. Candy cane was the candy. The candy cane, cane forest. That's honestly that's so gorgeous. Right? Opulent for no specific reason other than to just be opulent. Just to do it. Um but yes, that is the mysterious and unsolved case of the Amber Room, the five hundred million dollar art theft that occurred in World War ii Very well done. I had no clue about Thank any you. of this, and I'm so glad I didn't. That was so good. Thank you. There are several um, YouTube videos in the show notes. Mm-hmm. One is about 13 or 15 minutes long, which I think really sums up all this, but it has a lot of great photos uh, if you would want to see that. And then another one is that short clip from the BBC uh, Channel 4 documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's them going down into a bunker under Kaliningrad, and kind of exploring. There's a brick wall that looks really weird. That it's there. So mm. if that's your kind of thing. Check it out. Um, I'm sure there's much more to be delved into. Oh yeah. But I just love an art history nerd moment. Yeah. But it, you know, it ticked all the boxes. It really did. You really did. And you even got <laughs> you got so excited about it being for both of us. <laughs> I did, because I love shipwrecks, and you love curses, ghosty, creepy stuff. Yep. yeah, oh, that was good. Thank you. I am very excited. Babe, Steven, I hope that you enjoyed this and got more out of it than Expedition <laughs> Unknown was able to give. Yeah. I He goes down inside this bunker in the woods. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it was not about it. And it's nighttime. I'm Oh, like, gosh. Oh. Are you just trying to hurt yourself? I did not love that but that's it well uh, done. you can do all the photos on our instagram at this podcast doesn't exist you can also find our bingo card there in our link in bio uh, please tag us with the new and improved larger bingo card i yeah. want to know kind of where people are at i think we gave them a, a decent spread in this you- you say we, but you mean you. <laughs> okay, but you we we slipped in some musical references, some other things that I did not intentionally put in that's here. Fair. So that's fair. All right, so we. Yes. I'll take credit. This too, is I a guess. team effort. <laughs> I forget during your episodes that I'm also here because I just get so invested. You're like I'm just here to have reactions. <laughs> I'm to just things. here to have fun. Okay, all right, so Shannon's given you the rundown of our Insta. Again, if you have any, you know, stories, ghost stories, Amber Room stories, beautiful ball dreams, um, anything that you'd like to tell us or have... If you've read the book, Salt oh, of the Sea, yes. or Monuments Men, please reach out and we can be a little two-person nerdy book club. Maybe Seriously. three once Emma reads it. But... Yeah, um, but if... If you want us to maybe read your emails on air, we will. And stay tuned for a bonus episode or real episode. We haven't decided yet. (laughs) We also don't know when we're putting it. Yeah, we (laughs) We don't know where it's going to go. But at some point, at some point, it's going to arrive. And it features some very wonderful friends and uh, listeners of the podcast who have given us some stories to tell you all. So we're very excited about that. And where might people send these stories? Sorry, that was the whole point. You got excited. I did. You can send us your own stories at thispodcastdoesntexist at gmail.com, and we'd be really excited to read them. Yes. If if you would be so kind as to let us read them on an episode, please let us know in in your little email as well as any – If you'd like to be anonymous, if you'd like to be referred to by a nickname, also what pronouns you use, please Please. thank you. Also, Disney, call us for international treasure. International treasure. Coming to Disney Plus. Nicholas Cage, ring us up. What is Nicholas Cage doing? He's Uh, fine. I don't know. He's already bought his gravesite, so he's got nothing else to do. He thinks ahead. (gasps) No, wait! I know what he's doing. Oh, no. He has a show on Netflix That is called The History of Swear Words. Oh. And it's just him hosting and yelling at you in swear words. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) I will have to check it out. And remember, this podcast doesn't doesn't exist. exist.